Welcome to the JNO Podcast. It's me, Jason, and I'm here today with Josh and Dave, and we are discussing the YouTube Red series, Cobra Kai. It's the continuation of the 1984 classic, The Karate Kid. Josh, can you give a quick synopsis, and then we're going to get right into it? 34 years have passed since the under-18 All-Valley Karate Tournament that pitted newcomer Daniel LaRusso against established Cobra Kai bad boy Johnny Lawrence in the finals. As Daniel and Sensei Mr. Noriyashi Miyagi stood triumphant, Johnny and Cobra Kai lay shamed. The ensuing years have been very kind to Daniel. He now owns a chain of successful car dealerships, is happily married with two children, and still endures as a local celebrity from his championship win years ago. But things have not turned out so well for his old nemesis Johnny, who now lives in a messy apartment, is divorced, has a son he barely sees, and mostly exists on infrequent handyman jobs and a diet of beer. Johnny links up with teen neighbor Miguel Diaz after witnessing him being bullied by a few kids from his school. Johnny agrees to take Miguel under his tutelage and decides to reopen the Cobra Kai Dojo in a Reseda strip mall. Miguel is a sweet, good-natured kid, and Johnny, who's only matured a little since high school, still believes in the mantra of, strike first, strike hard, show no mercy, and teaches accordingly. When Daniel becomes aware of Cobra Kai's re-emergence, he's very concerned, which leads to several tense confrontations with Johnny. Things reach their boiling point when Daniel unknowingly takes on Johnny's estranged son, Robbie, as a student of his own. Add in a mixed-up love triangle involving Miguel, Daniel's daughter Sam, and Robbie, and something's gotta give. Miguel and Robbie meet in the finals of the All-Valley Karate Tournament, wherein Miguel takes the victory, albeit with some underhandedness. Daniel vows not to allow Cobra Kai to take over the karate scene in the valley once more, and decides to open Miyagi-Do Dojo. The celebration for Johnny is cut short when former Cobra Kai sensei John Kreese shows up, and ominously expresses his intent to return. Yeah, one question I wanted to ask both of you guys is, when you first like heard about this you know, show, did you think it was real Like when you first heard it, or did you think it was like a joke, or were you excited about it? Yeah, I saw an article about it and the way at first I thought it was a joke and then I actually clicked on it to read it. Um, and it sounded like they meant right when they said like YouTube series, I thought we were looking at like a five minute webisode that was going to be like a funny or die thing where Will Ferrell was going to be crease and it was going to be some really unfunny piece of shit. Um, and then as time went on and they actually started revealing more details and they said, you know, they had released that it was going to be 10 episodes and it was going to be, they released some of the story about how Johnny had become this like drunk loser who's like, you know, still trying to like pretty much stuck in his, you know, trying to relive his glory days and stuff like that. Then it, you know, obviously got very intriguing at that point because it didn't, it didn't come off like it was going to be something that was just going to be a cheesy nostalgia cash in with no substance to it. So, yeah, right when we started getting a little more details about it, then it got, you know, very interesting and then started looking forward to it. I felt the same way, too. I, I honestly thought that it was going to be just a cash in something dumb, like maybe a sh- maybe maybe like just short webisodes. But when I found out it was going to be a series and I started seeing more material for it, kind of hearing what the story and the basis was, I, I kind of got excited because that's what that's what like I've always wanted from the original movie was I wanted a continuation of Johnny and Daniel's story. And I'm kind of glad that's what this was. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Garcia. Like, I initially thought if they were going to do anything, it was going to be like webisodes with a really, really small budget. And I mean, this really surprised me. I mean, I don't think they had a big budget, 
because I kind of noticed that most of the kids who were in the cafeteria or all the school scenes, they were in like every scene, like where there's a party, it was like all the same kids yeah. and stuff like the that. The cafeteria but, had like 20 <laughs> seats. <yeah. laughs> but I think they did a really good job with what budget they did have. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think honestly, uh, we know there's a lot of Hollywood brass that listens to this show. And I would say, guys, get out <laughs> your notepads, watch Cobra Kai. And this is how you revisit a series because they took a lot. It wasn't just, you know, nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. It wasn't just flashbacks so that, you know, people watching would smile and say like, oh, I remember that. Like this was legit continuing the story 30 plus years later and making it, you know, as interesting or more interesting than ever. And it had so many different uh, components to it. And then also adding in a lot of characters that you actually came to like care about and identify with. So that was extremely impressive. I thought. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Uh, it was, it was, you know, even though the budget was low, like Jason said, or I don't know how, who knows if it was low or not, but they did manage to, to create great characters, great settings, memorable settings. Like, you know, you started to recognize these places and, it was it was just a cool kind of thing to kind of build its own world aside from uh, the original Karate Kid movie. Yeah, they went to some old locations like like the the arcade, but they made they made that situation their own and made it unique to to the show than it than just basically redoing what they did in the movie. I was gonna say no. I mean, it was uh, that's pretty impressive because usually any of these anything where you, whether it's a reboot revisit where it's kind of doing a wink or a nod to something that had come before, like it's just it's almost like they build around that. And in this case, it just, anytime those things came up, I actually like squealed with the light. Like when golf and stuff actually like shitty ass sign, yeah. you saw it revolving like around, like yeah. I was like, crazy. <laughs> like I just loved it. And then any of the, like any flashbacks with Miyagi actually had me like, you know, misty eyed and stuff. So it was mm-hmm. very, uh, I think they used them well. I think they used them sparingly. And then over the course of the entire, you know, 10 part series. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you guys are those real places? Because I mean, they go back there like 30 something years later and they're, they look exactly the same. Like with, uh, Daniel's old apartment, uh, the golf. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, they look exactly the same. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they, if they had enough, enough budget to rebuild those places or maybe they just were, or did exist, uh, since then. I mean, I think the apartment, the apartment structure that there's probably thousands of those in that area or in California period that look exactly like it. So that might have not have been that hard to, to recreate, but the golf and stuff, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they just rebuilt that um, or at least the sign. And then just kind of yeah. found a, another yeah. like mini Mart that looked like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, I mean, it played off nostalgia perfectly with stuff like that. And Absolutely. one thing I wanted, yeah. one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, you know, with the main characters, Johnny and Daniel, Whose story did you guys more connect with and did that change like throughout the series? I think this is definitely the Johnny Lawrence show, um, which if they would have told me that, I mean, those those are the details we knew going in was they kind of revealed. I, I can't remember if I had even heard like Daniel was really successful and, you know, had like owned a line of luxury car dealerships or anything. But I, I just remember like right when I heard Johnny being a drunk loser, like was super excited to see how that played out. And this was obviously much more of a character study for him. But I mean, I just his story was just so freaking funny. I mean, it was hard not to just like love any scene that was going to like involve him in it. So when they kind of they got, you know, they built him up, starting with like him being the biggest loser. I think he was eating like fried bologna and he had like a picture of his kid's soccer, like his kid's soccer picture on the fridge. And it was like eight years old or something like that. 
you know, I mean, it was just the way that they built him up was just so like engaging and it just made you like want to see like just see everything with that character. And then uh, Billy Zabka or not now William Zabka um, just, I mean, played him to perfection, I think so. I mean, I feel like this was the role William Zabka was meant to play for the rest of his life. I mean, he did an awesome job. Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe it was his role in just one of the guys, but after seeing this, um, I definitely well, he, he kind of played the same character for a long time in the eighties, but uh, yeah, was I would definitely say like I would definitely say the the, the Johnny Lawrence is his defining like everyone only remember him remembers him from that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator, William Zabka is Johnny Lawrence. I think I think he did every time he was on screen, it was like it, it was the best scene in the in the show. Mm-hmm. Everything he oh, said right. was funny. He was, you know, despite still being a major asshole, he was still a really realistic character too. Like I know a lot of people like him that they don't care about Facebook, they don't care about modern technology. They like with the scene where he was making fun of the kid with the lip who was who became Hawk. Mm-hmm. That scene, I I. I I remember older older guys that I used to work with saying stuff like that. Like, am I, am I not supposed to look at it, even though because it's there? Like, am I supposed to ignore that? It's there. I'm going to look at. it. I'm going to comment on it because it's there. I'm not going to pretend I don't see it. Kind of thing about his lip. Kind of like a man up thing and get over your own insecurities. Uh, kind of situation. And uh, even though like you're a massive, he's a massive piece of crap. He's right. You know, you can't just hide behind your insecurities the rest of your life and be coddled and everything. I I relate most with him because. I kind of had to have that talk with myself too when I was younger. I used to get bullied a lot too. And then uh, at some point I was like, you know what? I, I'm a fucking fat Mexican kid. I need to just own that own that, and then work with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. No, I, I do like that point. Yeah, I, I kind of had to like have that own pep talk with myself. Like stop being a pussy, which is something he says quite a bit in the show. And that's another thing I liked about the show is they didn't shy away from, from vulgar language. They It made mm-hmm. it more realistic instead of saying, take your butt. Take your butt, LaRusso. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? So, well, more another kind of plot, yeah. but. but no, that's that's what I think. I, what about you, Jason? Is that well? I mean, I love William Zapka. I mean, I think he was brilliant, but I'm always going to be a Daniel guy. Uh, I like how in the first episode it focused squarely on Johnny and we got to see his side. I like how there's two sides to every story where he felt like he was the victim throughout the series. He talks about how Daniel comes and he like stole his girlfriend. You know, he's this great mm-hmm. guy and stuff. You know, Johnny's yeah, a great guy, and Daniel comes in here, and he's the one. He's the one who threw the first yeah, sucker punch, and all that. Which is it's true. It's true. I love the good guy, yeah. and seeing Daniel take in uh, Johnny's son Robbie, like under his wing, and you know, teaching him lessons that he learned from Mr. Miyagi, and some of the music were played from you know the original series yeah. and stuff when they're training and stuff. I mean, I. I got chills, man. I'm getting chills just yeah, talking about it. Definitely it definitely was great. I, I love Daniel LaRue's, and I love, you know, and I love Johnny Lawrence, but it, yeah. I, I was hook, line, and sinker all for Daniel LaRusso, and I wanted to see as much as possible from him. Yeah, you know, I liked that they didn't, make, like, pan him out to be the most perfect person either. Like, he, he had his shitty moments, and that's what I liked about the show, is that, like you said, there's two sides to every story. So, Daniel LaRusso is kind of a piece of shit right now. He's an asshole. And then he has moments where he's a good guy, and then he has moments where he's an asshole, and then same thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing with with Johnny just Lawrence. Like every, just like every person. Exactly. And and Johnny Lawrence, you, you, he stuck up for Miguel uh, at the party store. 
And that's something that Johnny Lawrence wouldn't have done as a teenager. But somewhere around the, along the way, he evolved into the man that he is now. And, you know, and that's what I like about the show. I love that scene. The only reason really uh, Johnny even does it. I mean, you can tell he's getting pretty pissed that they're picking yeah. on this kid. But like as soon as he gets like thrown yeah. into his shitty car and stuff like yeah. that, knock it off. Leave the nerd <laughs> alone. <laughs> like it's- that's the, I love that he's still kind of a selfish person. That's that's what I like about it. But he's still like right and good and you cheer for yeah. him still. Yeah, I think they definitely gave him a lot more. And I mean, it makes sense because I mean, you're obviously they were making it as a, you know, almost like a teen movie in, in 84. But if someone's the bully, they're the bully. If someone's the good kid, they're the good kid. And this one, the mm-hmm. fact that there was all of those different traits and every personality just made it like so interesting. Like that you like from how Miguel went from just like just the most likable, lovable kid. And then as he was kind of slowly getting kind of corrupted by Johnny in a way, like it just like I was making me sad because I just wanted him to be like just that lovable, squeaky clean, good kid who's like always doing the right thing. So that was like the fact that they actually showed that type of uh, duality and like every character was just was really cool. That's that's what I was going to bring up next, guys, is uh, what did you guys think about the three uh, main teenage characters, Miguel, Robbie, and Samantha? Um, well, I, I'm not a fan of Robbie at all. And I guess they, that's because they did his character right. I mean, he, he starts off as kind of a dirtbag and a thief and somebody you wouldn't want your kids hanging around with. And, and even when he meets Samantha, he, he kind of is like, is like scheming in a way, too. And that kind of bothered me. Like at the end, he kind of redeems himself. But still, you did all those nasty, awful things, man. Like you're still a piece of shit. Uh, you're still a dropout. You know what I mean? Like that those things, those things stuck with me after that. Even even though he became this awesome Zen type kid, he still did all that nasty shit. And he's still in high school dropout out and he's still an asshole but as, as far as miguel i understand like why he made that transition from like good kid to basically being johnny lawrence 2.0 is that he was tired of being walked all over and he's just tired of not getting anything that he wants in life and he's he found a way to do it by following johnny lawrence's you know instruction even though at the end of the movie you could tell that johnny regrets how he taught these kids after they win the tournament, you can you can tell he kind of regrets it because of what Miguel used to be was a great kid, and now he's kind of a, a you know a violent, just like vengeful person, and that's exactly the opposite of what you know you should be. And as far as Samantha goes, I'm still up in the air about her. She seems like she's the only character who's good, like overall good. I don't know. I'm still up in the air about her though. Yeah, I was a little more forgiving of Robbie. Uh, I actually kind of grew to like him quite a bit. I mean, I liked him pretty early on, even when um, Johnny went to his mom's apartment to confront him uh, there in the middle of. Like, like kind of having a little bit of an argument and then Robbie says like, you know, Hey, I mean, or he tells him like, there's still time to go back to school and like achieve things. And he goes like, yeah, maybe I can own my own uh, karate school in a strip mall or something or in a crappy strip mall, <laughs> something like that. But I was like, yeah, I'm kind of liking this kid. I'm kind of liking his, you know, the, the hard edge kind of persona they're giving him, And the fact that they were kind of showing like how Johnny through the course of the series was actually like this really good, sweet kid and how he was kind of turned by a big fucking mm-hmm. asshole like crease was kind of like, I mean, it was it was almost a similar story, slightly different, obviously, but it, you know, it just shows you those influences when you're a kid, like, can have a huge effect and, you know, give people a little bit of a break, depending, I mean, within reason, but I, I actually grew to like Robbie quite a bit, and I was actually hoping, like, after Hawk um, gave him that cheap shot at the end of the tournament that, like, Robbie, for whatever reason, wasn't going to continue, because I was like, I don't, please don't make me yeah. choose, I don't, like I, I, yeah. like, I want Miguel to win, like, but, you know, Robbie's, like, a really good guy, too, and, like, Miguel's kind of turning bad, so like I don't just don't make me choose here. So yeah, I grew to like him quite a bit. Miguel, I think, was awesome. Yeah, as far as the kids go, star of the show. Like he just he 
exhibited like such a range of emotions and like that his character turn that kind of came slowly and it didn't even wasn't even a full turn like even at the end he was still being a concerned like very you know sweet kid and stuff like he tried to talk to Sam again and apologize and temper got the best of him and things like that and you could tell he was still like a nice guy and like uh, in parts but that he was you know starting to get or he started taking some of Johnny's advice a little too yeah. little too yeah. to heart and then Sam yeah I kind of I'm with Garcia on that one I yeah I mean I don't like I she's a good character I think she plays her, her role well and I understand like her part in the in the story and I'm wondering where they're going with the whole uh, foreshadowing of her going back in the dojo at the end of the series and and you know throwing some moves around so it looks like she's gonna have some sort of you know karate based part in the next season yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys on uh, pretty much everything you guys said with Samantha I think she's a, like a great kid and stuff like that but we you know she hasn't been completely developed and again season two i think there's going to be a lot more with her they pretty much showed us there will be when they had a body a stunt double come and do like that flip and stuff with miguel i mean how can you not love this kid even though you can see him gradually turning more to a some sort of dark side uh you kind of see where he started and again that makes you kind of feel more for johnny because if he would have had a mr miyagi in his life he probably would have been another daniel Mm. and uh robbie i i didn't like him in the beginning you know i don't think we were supposed to but the more you've seen him especially with his interactions with his mom and you can tell like he has such a love and devotion to his mom and she kind of always just pushes him off to the side and just is never there for him and then when he finds that great mentor and Daniel, I think, I think Robbie and Daniel's relationship, I think it's just awesome. And I can't wait to like see season two, like where it develops. And uh, I also want to give a little shout out to the, the bullies, because I think those bullies played their parts like perfectly. I wanted to see them get their fucking asses kicked constantly. Especially (laughs) that one fat kid. Skinny dips and long dips. You know, (laughs) Those were just so freaking perfect bullies because you really want to see them get their ass kicked. And then the same with that one blonde girl. I mean, that girl has like the best resting bitch face like ever created. I think I've seen her on like 20 different shows and I always like want to punch her in the head and I'm, and I'm not one to want to beat a woman's ass. So, I mean, she plays her role perfectly. We kind of mentioned it before with the nostalgia stuff. Was there any uh, way too cheesy flashbacks for you guys or did you guys just think it was all perfect? I think it was perfect. I, I don't think they went too far with the flashbacks. I don't think they went too far with the, with the nostalgia factor. I think they did just enough to kind of like remind you what you're watching and, and where everything started. The only thing that I wish that they did, I one thing they didn't do enough of was they didn't include you're the best around in the tournament. And that's all I wanted to hear was hmm. that song play. They might try to get that for season two. I think they're going to have yeah, a little I think bit bigger budget. If that's budget. the case, I mean, I'm, I'm already in for season two, but if, if you're promising that song during a during like a fight scene or something, I'm totally in. But I think they did it perfectly. I don't think they overdid it or underdid it. I think it was perfect. I would agree. They seem to really only have like maybe kind of like one or two kind of significant callbacks in each episode. So you weren't bombarded with them constantly. More details were coming about the series and it, you know, finally came out. Like I was kind of halfway expecting like the first episode to be nothing, but pretty much just flashbacks or callbacks and things like that for, um, you know, not only to remind people who've seen it, but for anybody who hasn't seen it to give them kind of context of the story, but they, they didn't do that at all. I mean, it was there, they were used kind of equally throughout the series. And I think that they, when, when they use them, like we were talking about earlier, like going back to Daniel's shitty apartment and going to golf and stuff. And like, I mean, they all served a purpose of advancing the story like further, like, you know, when they went to the shitty apartment, that's where him and Johnny actually started to kind of have some sort of a bond and the golf and stuff was where Miguel and Sam were actually like starting to get really comfortable together and whatnot. So 
I think they I think they used him great. Perfect. I'm gonna agree with you guys and. That's what you just brought up, Josh. That was one of my favorite scenes is uh, after they, when Daniel and Johnny, they get a beer and stuff and they're hanging out and they're talking and they're starting to see like where the other person's coming from and actually becoming like friends. I love that part when they're going up to uh, Daniel's house and uh, Johnny's like, we're going to have a a rematch, right? Just like in Rocky (laughs) three. Yeah, yeah. I love that part. I love that part. That's what I was hoping for, too. Just some of that. I mean, just there's a lot of humor in there. And uh, I got to ask, too, was there any parts that had you guys throwing your fists in the air, going crazy with excitement or like a joke where you were just like laughing your ass off? I think my biggest fist pump where like I actually felt my entire body shake. And I think the couch moved was when Miguel finally took on the bullies in the cafeteria. Because you knew that it was just one of those things like that was while they developed the show so great is you can honestly peg probably most of the storyline. I mean, if you really think about it, like, you know, it, you know, a good deal of probably what's going to happen. So, you know, at some point he's going to get good and you know, at some point he's going to have a run in, but I didn't think he was actually like just going to beat the living shit out of every one of those bullies. And like, it was going to be aw- like, he was going to be sliding across tables and bashing their heads in with lunch trays and stuff. So when that happened, like, I just, I, like how they did the scene and then just the, just that gratification of like him finally, you know, putting them to bed pretty much. And the fact that it was early in the show too, which was cool because, you know, fairly early in the show was because then that wasn't going to be the main storyline that in episode 10, he's finally taken on the bullies. Right. Like he actually gets a chance after that to progress his story more. And then at that point I was excited to see where he went from there. Um, and then I think probably, I mean, there was a shitload of laugh out loud moments. Like my favorite, like one of my favorites was when, uh, Miguel's first hitting the dummy and then Johnny comes over and screams at him and tells him you're doing it all wrong like you want those guys to keep dumping shit on their head on your head uh do you want girls to think you're a wangless dork like <laughs> that was probably my favorite line in the entire series um but probably overall my favorite was when Johnny was at his apartment like all drunk as hell and he was watching that shitty ass action movie I think it was like Aces Iron Eagle 2 or 3 and it was one of those movies that they would show on your like uh you know basic cable ethnic movie channel um at you know nine or ten o'clock every night and like uh there was like this this speech going on of two guys in fighter jets and it started showing johnny flashing back in his head and thinking about all the stuff that happened and <laughs> you could feel him kind of sensing him get motivated and then all of a sudden it cut up to a larusso auto commercial where daniel was like karate chopping prices to you know reduce them and yeah. stuff i just thought that was hilarious and like that gave me an idea because that was i think in the first episode even like gave me an idea of like the sense of humor that they were going to have throughout the series yeah. and i just loved it the sense of humor in the show was great. I, I honestly think every joke landed pretty well. They weren't like too. They didn't. They didn't go goofy at all. It was very realistic humor. wasn't anything too ridiculous, and it wasn't anything too dark or too like uh, lewd or anything like that. It was just like the perfect, the perfect like sense of humor. You know, even though Johnny thinks of himself as this like awesome person, they still like take time to like show that he's kind of an idiot. One of the parts it was. It's not even. It might not even been that funny to anybody else, but. It was the, it was one where Johnny's kind of complaining about not having enough students, and Miguel asks him, "Has he ever thought about uh, advertising?" And then it just shows yeah. shows Johnny's face, and he looks like completely, it's almost like kind of embarrassed, and he's like, "Oh yeah, of course, duh." And then basically every interaction he has with his uh, students, just I absolutely love because he shows him no mercy, like at all. Because the, you know, it's like, well, we got the fat kid with titties over here, and then we got lip, and, like he's just ripping on him, like just ruthlessly and it was one of those th- reasons like like i was kind of saying like that i don't i don't even know if, if anybody would say anything like that on a regular like network tv show oh no because it was all really brutal stuff right. and uh but at the same time it's like 
it's what all kids do. And it's also like, like he's, he was saying to lip, like, why would you, why would anybody ignore how you look? That's how you look. Why wouldn't they acknowledge it kind of thing? If you want some, if you want them to stop making fun of you, either do something about it or change. And, um, but, but other than that, the humor I think was absolutely perfect. And and the other part that I thought was great was when, uh, he was on top, they were on top of the, um, the billboard and the two guys that work at LaRusso automotive and the guy's like, Oh man, I stepped in dog crap. He's like, why would there be a dog up here? And then like the reason I laughed was because I just totally imagined uh, Johnny taking a dump up there, which which is what made it so much funnier to me because you just imagine him squatting down and then just like just crapping on him. And that was really funny to me. Yeah. One that I forgot, like just wanted to bring was I think it's worth bringing up and I didn't even, I wanted, I was wanted to see if you guys caught it was, um, when Robbie's at his mom's apartment and their mom brings home that they're both drunk and she brings home a guy and then she they're obviously going to go fuck and then uh Robbie's on the couch just sitting there on his laptop and they don't you know they don't see him they don't acknowledge him and uh they walk by and he's mm-hmm. on the uh Cobra Kai webpage and he looks at uh Johnny's bio on there and at the end of it uh, Johnny's bio and they don't like zoom into this or anything this is where I thought like man like these guys were just like exploding with hilarious ideas yeah. like this didn't even get prominence was so like at the end of his bio it said you can catch him rocking out to 80s metal in his Pontiac Firebird like that was just funny. Well, well, I was thinking, that's like, funny too because they would have been Miguel writing that yeah, right. Exactly. That was what I was thinking. Like they didn't even give this any attention. Like it was like even p- kind of blurry on screen. And I was like, man, like they had so much good material that like yeah. this like sight gag that you can't even see unless you're right. paying attention. Like I really liked that. It was just that. yeah. Great. The 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 guy the the one judge who kept talking about how great the name Cobra Kai was that was also really funny to me. He's like, which is also a kick ass name for a dojo. And every time he would like point at Johnny and Johnny would kind of like acknowledge it. Like that stuff was really funny mm. to me. Like that, that they, like Josh just said, they had so much material. You can tell they have so much more for the next season. Well, my, my favorite part was when uh, Johnny went to go talk to like the board about getting Cobra Kai reinstated into the tournament. <laughs> and the guy yeah. like uh, at the, one of the board members tells him the AA meeting doesn't start for like a half hour. I <laughs> 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 awesome. just love that shit. I mean, it was perfect 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 humor and josh you stole mine like when i I had my fist pumping in the air like the biggest freaking dork when uh, Mm. mcgal was like taking on all those kids at the cafeteria did this series change your mind on the original 1984 uh karate kid movie did it make you like it more or less uh i mean i would say if anything which i mean we loved that i mean you and i had watched that movie together probably i would probably 100 plus times like minimum and I would say it makes me like it even more, honestly, because now these these characters have a continuation. I mean, they obviously made Karate Kid 2, which was freaking awesome as hell. And then Karate Kid 3 was horrible. But like the fact that these characters from the first movie, like they you actually get to revisit them and so they have kind of brand new stories and new uh, character arcs. I, I just it makes me want to like it made me immediately like right when we were done, want to like watch it even more um, just for just for the sake of just like now, you know, being on a big karate kid binge. I think it's, I think it did, it did nothing but make it better to be honest. Mm. Uh, like while watching the entire series, then they, when they go to familiar areas, like it makes you appreciate the movie. Cause when this, I know this is one of Jason's favorite scenes in the original movie is the bubble hockey scene where <laughs> you had to make me watch Daniel LaRusso's expression. Like, I know you made me watch it like 10 <laughs> times once, but uh, I was waiting for one of them to make that face. I'm like, if they make that face, yeah. oh, I was waiting. And then, you know, you wait for other stuff and then you finally see crane kick and then you finally see the crane kick get blocked and you're like, holy crap. I don't know. It just, it, it, it just makes everything from the original movie 
so much better and it kind of like it fleshes everything out because i remember when that movie ended i wanted more of that i didn't like credit kid 2 to be honest i wanted more of credit kid 1 and this is exactly what that well, was me and josh before. are karate kid 2 guys too so hard karate kid part part two i know you guys like that but uh, another argument for another day mm-hmm. i'm gonna say I, I i love it love it even more yeah yeah where do you think season two goes? Uh, personally, with uh, Robbie and now Samantha, kind of with Samantha getting back on the karate train, I think it's going to be another tournament style thing. But I think it's I think it's going to be like a team based kind of tournament tournament, and I think there's it's going to culminate with like either Miguel versus Robbie or Miguel versus Samantha again at some point, or Samantha versus her friend being a big big part of the story because they're Cobra Kai and and Miyagi. Miyagi Do, I think it is. So I think I think that's what it's going to be. It's kind of it's going to be more of like a team based kind of situation in the very end. And I have a feeling there's going to be more of a rift between mm-hmm. Samantha and her mm-hmm. friend and uh, Miguel, maybe even his friends, uh, because he's going to turn into more of a bully. That's where I think it's going to happen. To be honest with you, my thing, especially I mean, with the ending, um, with the return of Crease, um, that coming at the end of episode ten. The first thing that made me think of um, afterwards is I was, you know, laying in bed, not able to sleep after being so excited, but I was uh, <laughs> just thinking about like, okay, now that Miguel's the All Valley champ and Crease is back, like I think Crease is going to play, you know, a much bigger part in his in his story, and I think he's obviously like, you know, Miguel's yeah. obviously already got a little bit of that that darkness uh, in him at this point, but I think Crease is going to kind of exploit that. Which makes me sad because I just I loved Miguel as just the likable kid. So it's like it sucks that <laughs> I don't want to see that happen. Like I just want to see him be good. But like I mean I, I'm sure it'll be you know intriguing as hell. But I, I think that's going to be a huge part of it. As far as Johnny and Daniel, I I don't know. Like I, I think obviously with Crease coming back too. I mean probably the bigger story is him and uh, is Crease and Johnny and what happens there, which I'm sure is going to come to a head. And then which I hope is uh, Johnny coming out on top at the end. But you know who knows. But I think, you know, that adding, uh, bringing Crease back really, you know, shakes it up and uh, opens up a lot of avenues they can go. Yeah, like uh, being a dork, I wrote this out, I put, I think Crease will be in Johnny's ears, ear, and it will go darker, <laughs> especially with Miguel. But I think, I think it's going to end up with, yeah, Crease <laughs> <Greece> really <laughs> verbally being abusive to Johnny and physically being abusive to Johnny and kind of having him under his wing like when he was a child. And then yeah. Johnny getting his redemption and finally breaking free of Crease and then maybe joining uh, Daniel to help train uh, his student and try to get Miguel back. I don't know. Like, I think it's going to be awesome, whatever it's going to be. Probably it's going to be nothing yeah, like sure. that. But. You and I were talking about, Jay, was like just I think when we first saw like the teaser that came out of this was like, OK, like obviously Johnny and Daniel are going to like, you know, there's going to be tension there. But like how cool would it be if like they came together to like fight like a common enemy? And it's like when you kind of step back and you think about it, like, why would a couple of guys in their fifties be joining together to use karate to fight against it? Like, I don't know. Like, like, unless they were man. going after like a group of human traffickers or I, like, it just doesn't yeah. make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So I like it a lot more from them and that sensei role. Like the fact that they obviously played on that a lot and you see that who their respective students are and all that, like, but I just, I just think it's funny that like, I mean, you just, you see anything and then you start like coming up with ridiculous theories, which we, you know, I think we all just did, but um, it's just makes it, I mean, it makes it even all the more exciting to see where it goes. I don't know if this, uh, I think crease will be in Johnny's ears and will go darker is, uh, <laughs> is really cheesy. 
All right, guys. We uh, I think we said it all. I think we all uh, will recommend that everybody goes out and watches Cobra Kai and definitely support YouTube Red, and we got to get another season going. Uh, Dave, did you want to give our Twitter? Yeah, our Twitter is uh, J-Doe Podcast, all spelt out. Uh, that's also our Instagram, too. Let us know how we're doing. Drop by and like some of our pictures and, and uh, follow us. We definitely post stuff every day, if not every other day. And uh, if you guys have any suggestions, comments, or show ideas, uh, go visit or send us an email, J-N-O Podcast, all spelled out, at gmail.com. If you guys got any videos or pictures of you doing your own kata, um, send those to us as well. We'd love to put them up on Instagram or Twitter. All right, guys. That was a lot of fun. And uh, go check that show out and uh, have a good one. Really good. Thank you. Thank you.